Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good to see everybody this morning. Welcome. Uh, I'm Pastor Chris. If you're watching online, uh, thanks for tuning in. Glad that you are joining us as well. Everybody doing good this morning? Woo! I am. I'm doing great. First of all, let me just say this. I'd like to welcome all the Carolina Gamecock fans today. Just want to let you know that you are loved and encouraged here. This is a good place to come to find solace and encouragement and prayer. So welcome to all of you. Uh, I hope you've had a great, great Thanksgiving weekend. The Rollins family has had just an unbelievably awesome Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, our daughter Lydia and her husband Andrew are in town, and uh, they're here at church this morning. My wife is sitting on the front row, so I'm kind of nervous today because, like, you know, all my jokes, i got to, like, filter them a little bit. But you know that's not going to happen. So anyway, uh, but welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I hope you've had a great, uh, great Thanksgiving. Uh, so are you ready for me to freak you out just a little bit? Okay, you ready? Here it comes. Today is December the 1st. Wow. So Christmas is 24 days away. Is there anybody in the room who has finished all of their Christmas shopping, by the way? Oh my goodness, we hate you. No. You're not welcome here. No, Randy raised his hand. You just didn't get anything. You're, of course, you're done. Um, anyway, um, well, to kick off the Christmas season, uh, we're beginning a new series today, and it's entitled, It's a Wonderful Life with a Question Mark. And uh, the question mark is very intentional because for so many people, this time of the year, from Thanksgiving to New Year's, is not the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, for so many people, the next month is full of depression and stress and discouragement and anxiety and painful memories. Now, a lot of people will put on a happy face, they'll go to the parties, they'll go to the, you know, the family gatherings, but deep, deep down inside, far too many people think Holiday Cheer is just a nice Hallmark movie. By the way, is anybody else other than my wife addicted to Hallmark movies? Okay, there's a few other. <laughs> Those are just ridiculous, aren't they? I mean, come on. They're the exact same movie over and over and over. Anyway, um, but to deal with all of that stress and those dark feelings, a lot of people uh, from now to the new year will spend, eat, and drink their way through the next month, or maybe even something, something worse. Now, maybe you can't relate to those extremes. And if that's true of you today, count yourself blessed. My guess is, however, that we could all use some practical advice, both for ourselves and for the people that God has put in our path, to help show a better way of life. You know, a truly wonderful life. Well, that wonderful life is available to all of us. And we believe here at Coastal that it is wrapped up in the person and the purpose of Jesus. So to help us discover all of the the wonderful life that Jesus has for us over the next several weeks. We're going to look at uh, four names, four descriptions that are given to Jesus in a very familiar passage during this time of the year. Uh, it's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's actually an Old Testament prophecy written about Jesus some 700 years before his birth uh, during a time where there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of unrest, and a lot of fear. In fact, in many ways, it sounds much like today. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it begins with these familiar words. For to us a child is born, to us a son 
is given. Let's stop there just for a moment. I'm curious this morning, how many of you are either expecting a child or know somebody who is a close personal friend or family member? Anybody? I know you're kind of like, well, I'm pregnant. Woo! No, okay. Um, uh, Let me just state the obvious, okay? Coastal Community Church is a fertile church. Oh my goodness, people. Come on. Uh, Don't drink the chocolate milk. I think there's something in there, but... um, I mean, seriously, it seems like almost every single week, Janet and I hear about somebody else in our church uh, being pregnant. And uh, I, that's why we need to hurry up and finish that building over there that we're getting ready to get started to handle all these children uh, being born. I don't know if any of you saw the news this past week, but there was actually a woman that gave birth on a plane at the Charlotte airport. And uh, now, I have shared this with a few of you, and maybe this is TMI, but whatever, I don't care. Um, One of the things that's on my own personal pastoral bucket list, okay, is that a baby would be born right here at Coastal. I just think that would be so cool. And uh, so if you could accommodate me, I mean, every pregnant woman here at Coastal knows this is true. I mean, I go up to all of them like, you know, could you just run around a little bit or something? I mean, and if your water were to break, I mean, like, I don't want anything bad to happen. I mean, we actually have some doctors and nurses here, so I believe everything would be fine. But wouldn't it be so cool, like, years later, I'd point at something, I'd say, see that stain right there? That's Johnny. That is so, would be so awesome. Um, okay, let's continue. Um, And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Now stop there for a moment. Let's talk about the whole naming process for for just a minute. You know, what do you name your baby can be a very, very stressful time for parents, right? Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You have very different opinions about baby names from your spouse. And then, you know, you want to take into account maybe a family name. And then, you know, what do you do for, like, kid number four or five? Uh, So let's be honest, parents. When you got to kid number four, you just gave up. You just started making up names. You know, you really didn't care. You You ran out of favorite names after child two or three. And then there's all those rules that nobody tells you about when you're first married, you know, when you start having children. For example, if you or your spouse ever dated anyone with a certain name, that name is now off limits from now until the end of the world, right? And if your spouse or your parents or your spouse's parents ever knew anybody that had that name that they didn't like or thought was weird or different, now that name is off limits. And then some of you um, have to think through first names and last names very carefully. I actually looked up uh, some of these names, and I, I believe these are true stories, like the Mann family. The Mann family uh, named their daughter Anita. And so she went through life being Anita Mann. And um, you can see how that could be a problem. And again, I, I believe these are true. There was a lady named Helen, and she, named, she married a guy whose last name was Back. And so after 10 years of marriage, she said he said it was true. He'd been to Helen Back. So the worst, I think, is Keisha May. She had the last name Ash, Keisha May Ash. Now say that like three times really fast, and you know you got to be really, really careful when naming your children. But back to Isaiah 9-6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, 
And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah talks about Jesus being the Wonderful Counselor. He gives us guidance. He's called Mighty God. He gives us the gift of strength. Another name, Everlasting Father. There's a sense of of security. And then last but not least, he's called the Prince of Peace. He offers us peace. Something we need now more than ever before, maybe. Don't you see? That wonderful life, it's wrapped up in both the person and the purpose of Jesus. Who offers all of us, his children, these wonderful gifts. Gifts of guidance and strength and security and peace. And so today, to kick off this series, I want us to look at this prophetic title of Jesus that he would be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, those two English words actually come from two Hebrew words, Pele Yoez. Now, Pele means beyond understanding. It means too wonderful for words. And so, when Isaiah was going to describe the one-day Savior of the world, Jesus, it's as though he didn't have the words to describe them. And so, he, he used a word that said, there are no words great enough to tell you just how awesome he is. He is too wonderful for words. And then Yoez is the word translated as counselor. And it means to advise, to consult, to guide. One day a son will be born. A child will be given to us and his name will be Pele Yoez. He will be the wonderful counselor. He's God in the flesh. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And yet, He knows you. And He cares for you. And He actually understands exactly what it is that you're going through today. And so therefore, He can be your wonderful counselor. Hebrews 4 puts it this way, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to what? To do what? sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Our high priest, our Savior, our wonderful counselor, Jesus, it says he has been through what we are going through. He's been tempted in every way that we have, and yet without sin. In other words, he understands your pain. He understands your hurt today. He has been through life just as we've been through it. And that's why verse 16 says, so let us then approach the throne of grace with what? With confidence. So that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Some of you right now, if you were honest, would say, I am in a significant time of need. Well, the good news is that there is one who can help you today. He is the Pele Yoez. He is is Jesus. And he's the wonderful counselor. You see, I think one of the things that we forget, that we don't kind of realize, is that Jesus comes for the sick. You know, when Jesus came, he came for those who were in need. You see, here's the thing about, about going to a counselor, which, by the way, is a good thing. It's a good thing. Counseling, though, only works when you realize that you're in need of counseling. In fact, there's a really interesting story in the Bible about about Jesus when he he called Matthew to be one of his disciples. Now, Now, Matthew was a tax collector, 
And if you know anything about tax collectors, these were, these were the people that you, would, you and I would think would be the furthest away from Jesus. I mean, in that day, they were, they were evil, they were corrupt, they were hated, even in their own community. But Matthew was so excited that Jesus called him, that Jesus chose him. That he throws this big party at his house and he invites over all of his other wild friends. All of his other sinner friends, you know, tax collectors, all these well-known sinners to come to his home and to meet up with Jesus. Now, the religious people of the day, they were highly offended by all of this. You know, why in the world would Jesus, you know, who claims to be, you know, holy, the Son of God, why in the world would he be hanging out with and partying with these sinners? I mean, these are people who drink beer, listen to wild music, watch rated R movies, say bad words every now and then. You know, and so the Pharisees are all just beside themselves. Now listen to how Jesus responds. Luke chapter 5, 31 and 32. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So here's Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor. And he comes for the sick. What, what I'm really saying here is that he comes for those who know they need help. So I'm curious this morning. Where are you sick? Where do you hurt? In what area of your life do you need some help? Because guess what? We're all sick. We all hurt. We all need help. We all have that place in our lives where we desperately need help. Listen, just because of the sin in this world, we all battle with, with weakness and vulnerabilities and, and strongholds and dysfunction. Where are you sick? Maybe it could be like so many people today, you're, you're depressed and you wake up every day wondering how you're going to get through the day and you have no hope for tomorrow and that, that, it, that it's going to be any better. Others of you live in fear. You're always worrying, always wondering what's going to happen. You just live with this constant state of anxiety. Some of you are stressed out. And, you know, you're, you're looking at this month ahead, you're looking at your to-do list, and you're thinking, how in the world am I ever going to get it all done? How can I, you know, shop for everybody, I got family coming over, the house is not perfect, the meals just need to be so. Some of you are experiencing financial stress. I mean, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, we're already hurting, and, and we got to pay these bills, and now Christmas is here. For some of you, it's self-righteousness. And you're just like the Pharisees. For others, it's substance abuse or anger or pornography. Where are you sick? You see, we're all sick at different points in our life. And my encouragement to you today is to just to acknowledge it. You know, answer the question, where are you sick? And remember the good news. There is a wonderful counselor. And he came for those who recognize their need. Now, once you come to the wonderful counselor, let me give you three principles that can ensure that you're going to receive the help and the healing that you need and you're looking for. And by the way, this is 
three principles that when you go to see a counselor, when you talk to somebody, that you can apply to your life right here and right now. Number one, be, be brutally honest with the counselor. Be brutally honest. We, we've got to be brutally honest with Jesus, okay? The wonderful counselor. Now, there's a great story in the New Testament. You can find it and, and read all of it in John chapter 4, but it's a story about a woman very much like, like us, okay? She simply wanted to be loved. And she wanted to be accepted. And she thought, well, if I just find the right person, then my life will have meaning. Now, unfortunately, she chose some bad guys in her life, and she went from one man to another man to another man, and she ends up giving up on marriage, apparently altogether, and actually now at this point in the story, she's shacking up with another guy who's not her husband when she meets Jesus. Now, Jesus is obviously incredibly different than anyone she's ever met. And so they're having this very serious, very quickly, very serious conversation, and all of a sudden, Jesus asks her a question. Now, she could have very easily just done what so many people do when they're asked a pointed question. She could have lied. Jesus said, hey, go call your husband and have him to come join us. Now, about this point, knowing that she was living with a guy, again, she could have lied and said, well, you see, my husband's away on business. And uh, he's down at the shop, or, you know, he's, he's just not available right now. But she chose, right in that moment, when she was right there speaking to the wonderful counselor, to tell the truth. Verse 17 and 18. I have no husband. You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. And because she was honest with him, Jesus is able to reveal to her who he truly is and who he could be in her life. And he told her that he's the one that she'd been searching for for her entire life. Some of you today, you need to be very honest about your marriage. And you just need to come clean. And say, God, we're in big trouble. And if something's not done and done quickly, if there's not some significant change, we're not going to make it. It's time to be honest. Some of you might say, you know what? I've got to come clean and be open about this. I am, I am hooked on something and it has got a hold of me. And it feels like it is bigger than I am, and I am not able to overcome it on my own. Jesus, I need your help. Some of you need to be honest enough to say, you know what? Relationally, I'm messed up right now. I, it just seems as though I cannot have intimacy with people because somebody else burned me a long time ago. And I don't know how to trust and you know, just getting close to somebody doesn't seem possible. See, what I'm saying is that whatever it is in your life, and we all have something, you've got to admit it. 
you got to be honest, brutally honest with the wonderful counselor. The Bible says it this way in Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He'll never let the righteous fall. So the first thing is we're br brutally honest with the wonderful counselor saying, Jesus, I need your help. If you're going to receive help and healing from the counselor, the second thing you got to do, the second thing you got to learn is to listen to the counselor's voice. You've got to listen to what, what Jesus, the wonderful counselor, will say to you. In Mark chapter 9, uh, Jesus took three of his disciples up to the top of this mountain. And uh, God performed an incredible miracle for these disciples to witness. God changed or transfigured Jesus into this like glow-in-the-dark, shiny, beautiful creature. And then Moses and Elijah appeared with him on the mountain, and they're having a conversation. So you can imagine, you know, the three disciples. I mean, they're like, dude, you know, I've, we've never seen anything like this in, in, in our lives. I mean, this is amazing. Let's, let's build some altars. They were Jewish. They didn't know what else to do. Let's build some altars to mark this event, you know, so we could remember this time and this place. So what do you think God said to the disciples at that moment? to get their attention. Here's what he said, Mark 9, 7. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud, this is my son whom I love. Now, what are the next three words? What did God say? What? Listen to him. Listen to him. I think that if there are any three words that God might say to you today, it just might be, listen to Jesus. Listen to him. Listen to what he wants to say to you today. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Chris, how does he speak? You know, how does Jesus speak? Well, the answer is, he speaks in all different sorts of ways. He will speak to you through his word, if you'll seek him. He might speak to you today. You know, through my words, through this worship experience, he might say something very specific to you today. He might say something to you through the person sitting next to you. He might speak to you through someone that you work with. He might speak to you on the way home as you're listening to the song. He might speak through our daily devotion, through the circumstances of your life. And if you'll listen, you can train yourself to hear his voice. You know, as a parent, no matter how many kids you have, you recognize your children's voices, right? Jesus said it like this in John 10, 27. My sheep, what? Listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Which leads me to number three. You've got to be brutally honest with the counselor. You've got to listen to the counselor's voice. And number three, you've got to do what the counselor tells you to do. You've got to do it. You know, when the wonderful counselor speaks, you've got to do what he tells you to do, even if, and we, we sang this this morning, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't understand it. I mean, Jesus might tell you to do something that just doesn't make sense to you. You know, we, we talked a lot about that in our last series, Daring Faith. But you do it because he is the wonderful counselor. He is your guide. There's a great example of this in the Bible of a guy who didn't do what the wonderful counselor told him to do. And it cost him deeply. In Mark chapter 10, there's the story of a rich guy, and he was very moral, but the things of this world, man, just, just got a hold of him. And if he were alive today, 
he'd be the guy that was into his image. You know, his car, his home, his stuff, his image. But he goes to Jesus, and he wanted to know, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus could see his heart. And he knew what this guy was struggling with. So he tells him, keep the law. Listen to how he resp- the guy responded. Verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. In other words, I'm religious. I've gone to church. You know, I've done all the right things. Well, in verse 21, Jesus looks at him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus looked at him and he loved him. I want you to focus on that just for a moment. Now you think about that. I mean, Jesus knew how messed up this guy was. And this guy, by the way, just like so many of us, he was sick. He was in need. And he was just, he he loved material things and the things of this world just a little bit more than he loved Jesus. Now, Jesus, though, doesn't look at him and go, You loser! You know, you bum! I don't, you know, you're into all these things. I don't like you. Get away from me. No, notice what Jesus said. It says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Even as Jesus saw his sickness, Jesus told him something that he didn't want to hear. Now listen. Jesus, because he loves you right where you're at today, he might tell you something that you need to hear, but you don't want to hear it. Now, I don't know what that might be for you today. For some of you, Jesus might be speaking very clearly and tell you, you know what, you've got to break up with this person that you're dating, and you know it. You know, they're not good for you. You don't want to hear it because you feel safe and it's comfortable. Some of you, you are sinking financially because you've consistently made some bad decisions and Jesus might be saying to you, you know what? Cut up those credit cards. You know, it might be time to downsize. You don't need that new car. Maybe you got too much house and you need to sell that house and get something smaller, more affordable. Whatever it is, you might not want to hear it, but he's going to tell you that because he still loves you. Some of you, you got a whole other life going on. And you've got this secret sin or the secret addiction and... You'll never have that marriage that you could have. You're never going to have that family that you want until you do what he has been telling you to do. And that is to come clean. Just to confess. And and, and the truth is, things might get a little worse before they get better. And that might be difficult. Here's what Jesus tells this guy. Look what he said. One thing you lack, he said, Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this the man's face fell. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. 
By the way, you know, what Jesus is saying here is not that this is the way to have eternal life. What he's saying is, is that he knows what it is in your heart, in your life, that is standing in the way of a relationship with Jesus. And he knew what it was for this guy. And that's a pretty dramatic thing to say to a man, isn't it? I mean, go sell it all. And this guy, the Bible says, his face fell and he went away sad. Because the things of this world were way more important to him than Jesus. And he was unwilling to obey the words of the wonderful counselor. Coastal, I don't know how to say it any more directly than I'm about to say it. If you don't do what the wonderful counselor tells you to do, you're going to continue to live an unfulfilled, defeated life. And you're going to break the heart of God. When he speaks, you've got to do what he says to do. Maybe today, you're struggling in some area of your life. And maybe I can help a little bit. Maybe we can direct you to a counselor that could help. Maybe there's some good Christian friends in your life that can help. But ultimately, there is one whose name is Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace and... He is the Pele Yoes. He is the wonderful, wonderful counselor. And he is the counselor who is so great, there really aren't words to describe him. Today, be honest with him. Listen to his voice. And do exactly, exactly what he tells you to do. I want to end by asking you this question. What's he telling you to do today? Maybe like the rich man, this, the things of this world, they have their, their grip on you. Maybe it is something that you just got to come clean about today. Maybe for some of you, he wants you to come home. And he's been drawing you to himself. You've been coming here to Coastal for a little bit, kind of, you know, kicking the tires and checking things out. But he has been speaking to you, and you know it. And he wants you to come home. Come home today. So you've got it in your mind that it's religion, and you're not good enough yet. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth. It's faith. And if you'll just take that one humble step toward Him, listen, He will run to you. He will make up the distance. Come home today. If you're ready to do that, I'd love to step you through a prayer. Just a simple prayer where you humbly admit where you're at, where you're headed, and your need for Jesus. Bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, 
God, today, I thank you for our wonderful counselor. Words really are too great to describe him. I thank you, God, that he is right here with us, ready to lead us in the path toward you. And listen, wherever you're at today, whatever your circumstances might be, admit your need for help. Come clean before the wonderful counselor. Listen to his voice and do whatever it is he's telling you to do. If you're here today and you are ready to come home, you're ready to um, take that first step of faith. Wherever you're at this morning, if you're watching online, if you're here in the room, just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. My life is, uh, has been a mess. Truthfully, it's just been my life and my way. But today, God, I want to step off of that path and I want to step toward you. I want to come home. Wonderful counselor, I believe. As much as I know how, as much as I understand today, I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross and he died for my sin. My sin put him on that cross. But I also believe today that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And for the rest of my days, I just want to follow him. God, I want to become a little bit more every day like you see me right now. Brand new. Forgiven. Perfect in your eyes because of my faith in Christ. Thank you. We love you, Father. We pray these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.